what it is. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, the newest addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to talk about the love, the thunder, hammers, flicking off your robe and bearing it all to the world, ass cheeks and everything. So if you want to hear what we have to say, sit back, relax, grab a drink, grab or, you know, beverage, whatever you wanted to call it, beverage and or snack. Sit back, relax, and listen to The First Ones to Die. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to The First Ones to Die podcast. I am your host, Jerome Rett. Hope you are having an awesome day and or night and or morning, whatever time you are listening to this podcast, this recording, of course. Uh, I am joined once again by my co-host and friend, uh, Alex. Alex, how are you? I'm super. Look, I got another drink. Uh, It is Sour Patch Energy Drink. Stop getting... Candy thief. Well, I guess the last one was a candy thief. But it was stop chip. getting sodas that are not meant <laughs> for the human consumption. What I love that it says it's sour patch, like the candy, but it says energy, zero sugar. Oh, it smells like it. Yeah, it's yellow. <laughs> Ew. Oh, no. Yeah. See, keep doing this to yourself. First, it was the flaming hot dew. Now it's this. <laughs> oh, this one just like tastes like they melted the sour patch things. No, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. At least that yep. reaction was tamed compared to the other one. <laughs> that one got me. Uh, you know, uh, there was. Um, I think they're still around. Some maybe somewhere else. There's a, you're going to take another. Just get I you just some wanted another drink. To try it again. <laughs> It's not. It's not worth it. It's gross. Um, like there's another. Um, there is a place in Seattle here. I think it's called like a Fizz Pop or a Pop Fizz. Well, I think it's Pop Fizz. Um, that was just a soda place. That's closed down now. But they um used to sell all types of sodas from like everywhere. Like sodas I never even heard of. And they used to have one that was uh made by the same company that makes um, the cookie dough bites. And they had a cookie dough bite soda. And I never, and my greatest regret is that I never got to taste the cookie dough soda. I'm like, I want to know what this tastes like. They also had one that was a red velvet cake too. I'm like, red velvet cake soda? First of all, red velvet cake's my favorite type of cake. And you don't have a soda version of it. Like... I, How dare you? <laughs> well, you see me. Every time we go to the theater, that's the candy I get. That's the candy I love. Um, I do know there is a soda place in Seattle where you can actually make your own like flavored sodas. They like provide all the syrups and stuff. But I would love that. I would absolutely get that. Um, I have two energy drinks I've never tasted that I own. One of them is the Simpsons uh, energy drink, and it's in like a buzz. Uh, Oh no, a Duff beer can. And the, oh, is it an energy drink? I've seen it in other places. I always thought it was like cream soda or something. No, it's an energy drink. Um, and then okay. I have a Rick and Morty energy drink, which it's like from the episode where they separate their bad. They go to that spot and they separate their like 
bad personality parts. So it yeah, looks yeah. like they're green, gooey, like, people. But I like it because of the can aesthetic, so I'm not opening them. Dang it. So it's Rocket Fizz, first of all. That's the name of the store. And it is closed in Seattle. The nearest one to us is all the way in Portland. Well, let's go to Portland. I, I will drive down there for, like, the cookie dough soda. Dude, I, Rocket Fizz road trip. I don't believe it's going to taste good. Like, I automatically, <laughs> I know this for a fact, it's not going to taste good, but I want it. You know what? It'll be worth it. We'll have That's to, like, it. take out a few days and go to, like, Portland to go to this store. Right? All right. So, we have our next trip. I mean, hold on. I'm a, I, I know we have a podcast to do, but now I, I am actually invested in this. I'm going to find out what are the direction, how far is it from at least my place to get there Is there car. one in Los Angeles? Because if we can't make the trip, I can have... Dr- Jonathan send us up one. You're like, Jonathan, I need you to go to this place. I need so you to grab these certain sodas. It says via I-5, it would take, at least from my location, and you're 15 minutes away from me, so probably from your location, it would be three hours and 20 minutes from, from where I live. Oh, I could do that in probably like two and a half hours. Yeah, that's not a bad drive. That's that's easy. I don't I mean, we- drive safely. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll drive us, but <laughs> but we'll still get there. My mom was not happy with me because she lives in Baker City, Oregon, and by 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 um, maps, it is six hours. However, when I drove from there to here, um, it was like such thick fog you couldn't see in front of you. I was also driving a much larger car carrying much more weight um i got here in a a little less under six hours and nobody was happy with me about how good of time i made they're like you were driving through mountains and thick fog alex you shouldn't have made it you shouldn't have made good time and i was like i'm here and i'm safe right fine (laughs) there's one in baker bakersfield california if we can't make yeah, it out little... to Portland, I'm making Jonathan go there. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to be like, look, I need this. But we're not here to talk about sodas. Today, we're here to talk about one Thor Love and Thunder. That is the most recent MCU movie to come out. Uh, we both saw it in theaters. Um, technically, day before opening day on Thursday, t- or technically Thor's Day. So it was the perfect time to see Thor. Uh, we also had our friend Kaylee with us as well. Um, if you saw our Instagram uh, posts, you may have seen a little bit of our out of the theater reactions, which wasn't really much, but we all seem to enjoy it. Um, but you know, it's been a couple days since then at the time of this recording. So uh, Alex, how are you feeling? General thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, I still love it. I still think it's, it was, it was fun. Uh, I didn't, there wasn't a bad scene. At least I didn't think that I didn't enjoy. It held its plot. It was pretty steady and it was just fun and enjoyable. And I think with superhero movies, you tend to lose that a lot. And Thor has this nice way of just being fun. It's not dark and gloomy like other superhero movies. And I think that's partially due to the director. 
first Taika. name. Taika. I don't know why. So I have such a problem with his first name. Taika Waititi. I'm fine with his last name, but my brain refuses to like accept his first name, which is stupid because it's just Taika. <laughs> it makes no sense, but I think it's partially... I mean, it's really due to him because he even did it said in an interview that he wanted to make it a Thor almost nobody wanted to see, which is Thor in a midlife crisis going on, you know, which is something everybody can relate to nowadays. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I like this movie a lot. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's uh, filled with so much energy, um, which is great for a Thor movie. Um, I love the cast. I think everyone does a great job. Uh, Tessa Thompson once again is incredible as Valkyrie. Um, uh, Jane is also uh, great to see Natalie Portman back, and I'm sure she had a great time doing this movie because one of her biggest complaints in the previous Thor movies that she was in is that she didn't felt like she really got to do a lot. She was kind of just the girlfriend. Um. So, the, you know, this time around, she gets to be a part of the action, gets to do a lot more. So I'm sure she had a great time doing that and, and being a part of that. Um, but also Christian Bale was a legit surprise uh, as Gore the God Butcher. Like, uh, firstly, Christian Bale um, synonymously said he would never do a superhero movie. So when he got cast, it, instantly people were like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, Wait, even more than that. play Batman? Yeah, but the Dark Knight trilogy was more like a series, like as super dark and serious. Like when he was saying that, he meant like stuff like the MCU, where it's all comedy and jokes and, you know, super bright and colorful and kind of goofy, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And, uh, but I think he does a great job here. I think he gives the character of Gore a lot of gravitas and and, uh, a lot of weight, and he kind of anchors the movie down at times. To make it, you know, to kind of pull it back into reality um, of, like, how serious it is. Also, the color um, uh, color grading of this movie is really great. Uh, especially, there's a part, uh, without spoiling anything, there's a part that uh, they changed the uh, color scale of the movie. And it's so well done. It's so cool and interesting. And it almost feels like you're in a different atmosphere uh, the way it, it shifts in the movie. So I love that stuff. Uh, my only complaints, though, would be that, A, I think this story, its pacing is a bit off. Um, it just really moves really fast. Um, and I think that's because it's kind of chopped up. From what I heard, apparently there's a four-hour cut of this movie that Taika Isn't made. Isn't there always? Not always, no. It's just... <laughs> Sure. Apparently just him and Zack Snyder. They're the only two. Uh, but uh, Taika, like, cut, so he had to cut this movie out a lot because this movie is only like two hours. So he had to cut it up a lot to make it what it is. And you can tell there's a lot of times where it feels like we're just barreling through into the next scene. Um, and it really just burns through through a lot of minutes. Um, not in a bad way, just a thing yeah, where I was but, like, oh, wow, we're already here. Okay. I thought we were going to, it was going to take a little bit more time, but all right, but we're see, here now. <laughs> that's exactly what I enjoyed about this movie. And even the last Thor one, Ragnarok, it was because it didn't feel like it wasted time on certain things. 
it just went to the next scene and it was like, all right, let's keep going. Cause that's how like my brain works. I'm like, I get, this is like, you need that like emotional connection. So you kind of needed that scene or this or that, but it's like, my brain's like, well, let's keep going. We have like kids are in danger world's ending. We need to do stuff. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So like, that's a lot of my problems with like superhero films. There's a lot of like moments where they're just standing and talking and like explaining why they're a superhero, why they got into this, what's going on and like all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but let's, let's continue. You have a mission. There's people in danger. Let's go. Let's have some urgency. I think, yeah, but with Thor Ragnarok, it felt more, it felt paced out better. Like the characters had time to breathe and like you get to, got, got time with everybody because like to piggyback off of that, the other problem is as much as I like Jane and Tessa Thompson, they don't get a lot of screen time because Thor soaks up so much of it. And it's, I know he's the main character, but there's a lot going on with Jane's character, with Tessa, Tom, with Valkyrie's character that we don't get to see because we kind of just burn through so many plot points going into the story. So it's like, I feel like, like I, I like this movie, but I don't like it more than Thor Ragnarok, which felt like it really was taking its time to let each character have their moment to really like, you know, know their motivation for that movie. Versus this one, it feels like it, it is very much Thor's movie, and there's a lot of characters that kind of just come and go as the plot needs them to, because we're just we're just moving, like with no time to stop and really like let any character other than Thor, and I guess maybe Jane. Jane gets a little bit more time than than uh, Valkyrie and, and even Korg does, but um, like we're we're really moving really fast, and it's kind of doing a disservice to some of the supporting cast uh compared to the main character uh that being said though overall it like it didn't hurt the movie for me it didn't make it where i was like oh man like i would love this movie if not for you know no it's like i still enjoy this movie it still is one of those ones where i'm gonna like you know like as um if i ever do like a thor marathon I would I would enjoy watching uh waiting for this one to be on the list also the soundtrack too was dope <laughs> Love the soundtrack. Um, I'm not usually a fan of 80s music, honestly, but like they use it so well and it, it fits. It genuinely fits with everything. So I was like, yeah, all right. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like everything. Uh, so uh, those are our general thoughts. Um, I should have said this before, but uh, for those who don't know how our reviews work is that we give a general thoughts section and then we have a spoiler section after this. So you might be like, oh man, they just finished the review. There's still like a whole other like 30, 40 minutes left. That's because we're going to get into spoilers. So right now we're going to go into the spoiler section. So if you haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder yet, uh, pause this, watch that, then come back and finish the review. Um, You know, if you care about spoilers and stuff. Uh, but before you go, before you go, hold on, wait a minute now. Before you go, don't forget to like, favor, and subscribe if you're watching this on the YouTube channel. If you're not and you're uh, just streaming, you know, give us five stars, thumbs up, a review on all the streaming services you can find us. And don't forget to follow us at The First Ones to Die on all the social media platforms to find out about more stuff we are doing that you might be interested in watching and or listening to. So do that first. Then pause this. Then go watch Thor Love and Thunder. Then come back. It's a lot of steps, but I feel like you can do it. I believe in you. Should should I say something encouraging too? You can do yes, it. Yes, Alex, go for it. <laughs> you can do it. 
uh, I was talking to my mom and I told her about something how like I'm terrible at comforting and she started laughing. And I was like, what the hell? She was like, oh, no, it's just nice to know. She's like, because she's really bad at comforting me. Terrible. So she's like, oh, it's just really nice to know that you're bad at it, too. She's like, it makes me feel less bad. I'm like, can you focus for five seconds? <laughs> like, I was doing my best. Uh, but yeah, you can do it. Anyway. Uh, but I'm um, getting into spoilers of Thor. Um, well, Alex, is there anything in particular that stood out to you that you wanted to talk about first? So... It is a Thor movie, so anybody, just a fair warning, there is, like, a lot of flashing, different colors, the lightning, of course, but it's not only just the lightning, it's, they have, like, a rainbow lightning, too, and then the necromancer is constantly, is is he considered a necromancer? No. Mm -mm. He's got the necro sword, though. He's got the necro sword, um, which is, it. So the necro sword in in the comics is uh is made by um Null, who's the king of the symbiotes. He's essentially like the the creator of like Venom, you know, like his race of aliens. Uh there's yeah. a dude named Null who was the king of his race who created the necro sword out of I think out of like bodies of symbiotes to make like this ultimate powerful weapon called the necro sword um but then he was like some like he had an epic battle and something and then he went away for a while while he was gone null finds it and uses it to kill gods and uh but that's what the necro sword is that's why it's called that is because it's made from dead bodies I don't know what the origin is for this movie because symbiotes don't exist in this movie or in the MCU yet. So I don't know why it's still called the Necrosword. I guess because it can kill people or it kills the user like slowly. I don't know. But he's not he's not a necromancer. He does not like bring back to life like dead things or anything like that. It's just, he just has the Necrosword, which I can't, every time I hear it, I can't, I can't hear the word Necrosword and not think like, you gotta say it with like the cocaine rock head voice of like, the Necrosword! <laughs> just like, Necro! Yeah! Uh. <laughs> okay. Well, my original warning was that there's just a lot of flashing, so if you do suffer from seizures or migraines or anything, just Take proper precaution. I mean, it is Thor. If it helps, a there is a part where there's where it's black and white, so that might give you relief from all the all, the all the flashing colors. Because they're still flashing. <laughs> um, I just like to always give that warning because people think like, oh, you know, yeah, it won't be so bad. But they were. It's very bright. It takes up the whole screen. The brightness, um, especially with Thor and his axe. Because now he has a full-on rainbow going on when he teleports. I do love the way he teleports with that thing. Because there was a scene... Yeah, the Bifrost. Yeah, there, Bifrost. There was a scene where they're in the town of New Asgard. And Natalie Portman's character, as well as um, <clears throat> uh, Tessa Thompson's character, was like, don't do it here, don't do it here. And he does it, and it just blows a hole through the roof and he comes back he's like so i couldn't find anybody and he, she's like you're paying for that i'm sending you the invoice 
I was like, yeah, I never thought about that. I was like, he's probably caused so much destruction of buildings just by teleporting, just by going off. Someone did, I watched a review from uh, Jeremy Johns. He brought up a good point where he's like, yeah, this Thor, it's weird to see Thor this way now because it's like the whole the whole thing he learned in Thor 1 is how to like, you know, he was super sad that like the destroyer came down and was causing collateral damage to the small town that they were in in Thor 1. And he learned a valuable lesson about how like his actions and the gods' actions like can affect the people of Earth. And so he took it as a charge to like protect the people of Earth. And now it's like you cut to this Thor and he could care less. Like he's just like, like he destroys that temple of aliens and he's just like, ah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Well, and then he like, and then he burns a hole through the new Asgard thing. It's like, I don't know. This feels like a Thor who's just forgotten that lesson has just been like, ah, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? He's, just- he's back to being a himbo. <laughs> um, well, I can kind of see why, because he's like so focused on like basically trying to go back to whom he once was. And that was just, you know, a Viking god, but he can't because all he thinks about is like the loss of his family. And he kind of abandoned, you know, his place. It should have been, he should have been king of New Asgard, but he's like, no, I'm going to dip. And yeah, that was his thing at the end of Endgame where he's like, I need to go find out who who I'm supposed to be. And then he ends up hanging out with the Guardians, which I'm like, man, I feel like we missed out. On a, and I feel like maybe in the four-hour cut, we probably got to see more of him with the Guardians. Because I'm like, man, we missed out on a lot of adventures that probably would have been epic to see of the Guardians with Thor. Would they? Because, like, it's a clear sense of, like, he only helped fight at the end when they, like... That's why they were getting annoyed with him, because he kept sitting down and being like, hmm... I wonder where I'm supposed I mean, that's to be. That, and it's just that's like, that one adventure, but there's probably plenty of awesome adventures a, they've no, had. It happened in that one where they were in all that water, and then he went up to that like hill. He's like, oh, I'll plant my sword, and I'll, I'll wait until I'm called. And then they're like, we need your help. We're way outnumbered. Like, what are you doing up here? And then he just yeah. So it's multiple times he's done. Just in the short span we did get. <laughs> um, I also love the roster of the guard. Just as uh, talk about the Guardians real quick. I like the roster of the Guardians right now. Like, they're way more fun. Uh, uh, Peter Quill, Drax, Nebula, Mantis, um, and Mantis, Krollig? Rocket, Rocket and Groot. Mm-hmm. And there's Kroglin. Oh, and uh, Kraglin, Kro- yeah. Kraglin. Yeah, Kraglin. Which I love that he stabs himself with the with Yondu's arrow. <laughs> <laughs> He's still not good at it. He's, I, I like that they were like... He's like, oh, you told me to stay with the ship. And this is blah, blah, blah. We're married now. They're like, you have to stop marrying somebody on every planet we go to. Yeah, it's not I okay. That was funny. I hope that pay- pans out in Guardians 3 and maybe also the Christmas special. <laughs> There's going to be a Christmas special? Of course mm-hmm. there is. That's coming out first, uh, I think, this Christmas. And then Guardians 3, I think, comes out next year. Or the year after next year. I... No, no, no. It's next year. Yeah, November of next year, I think, is when it comes out. Maybe it just stopped now. Um, it's the last no, one. Having... So they, I you know. don't believe their lies. It is the last one. Because, like, Drax is, uh, or Drax, Batista said, like, that's my last movie. I'm done. Like, I, like, I want to do more. I want to do other things. James Gunn has said he's done. Sorry, I need to fix my mic. Uh, James Gunn has said he's done. Like, he, he doesn't want to do any more Marvel movies, at least for right now. 
Probably because he's like, DC lets me do whatever I want. Marvel's got too many rules. And then besides, they fired me once before. I like DC lets me do whatever I want whenever I want to. So I'm going over there to play in the better sandbox. <laughs> hey, DC and Warner Brothers are crashing. They're like, yeah, they're it? desperate. They're they, like, they, they're like, look, look, we don't care. Just make the movie. <laughs> Look, you did a good one and like, go for it. Like, we don't, you made us money. Like, clearly you can do something we can't. He is Uh, one of the few who's making them money. Like, between Peacemaker and Suicide Squad, he's batting two for two. (laughs) I really can't think, um, the Batman pulled in a good number. I don't know who. Yeah, uh, Matt Reeves did the Batman. Uh, Yeah. But that's in it. I just mean like stuff that's in the DC, like. Extended universe oh. they're still trying to do. Yeah, James, it's James Gunn. I mean, technically Zack Snyder, but he's done doing movies. Yeah, he and, did the one and was like, I'm, he's, he's still working through some personal things, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Catherine Bigelow. Well, it's just Zack Snyder's moved on. He wants to do these Army of the Dead movies now for Netflix. Like, that's what he likes doing. And then you think he's working on another movie, too. Um, but then it's like, you know, Catherine Bigelow's got Wonder Woman locked down. She's, that's her whole thing. And, uh, and I don't know who's doing Aquaman 2 or Shazam. But, you know, they got some projects in the works. But anyway, um, back to Marvel stuff. Uh, (laughs) I think there's like a couple major plot points to talk about when it comes to this film. Like Jane Foster's character having cancer and her using. I thought that was great. Um, I think it's really cool. Now, granted, I, I thought they were going to go. phrase that. Well, not her having cancer. I just meant, I thought it was cool that they uh, actually did the plot from the comics. Because um, I was worried that they were going to just find a way to like MCU it up. Where it's like, ah, oh, we don't want to do that. Uh, let's just make something up. Um, they're like, no, we're going to do the Mighty Thor arc. Um, and I think it they, it's done pretty okay i think the only thing i wish is that we i wish we i don't know i wish we had got more of jane just being human like uh without the powers um before we just like jump into her being thor and i know it's that the movie kind of we kind of need to go but i'm like that is that's what i mean by it's, it's it goes so fast it's like we don't really feel like we get a lot of time to really dive into like some of the like smaller stuff that on paper seems like unnecessary details but it would make the character feel a lot more fleshed out um because like the thing about jane especially is that unlike like thor we've seen this character through all four movies valkyrie we got to know a lot about her in thor ragnarok so you know and she was in um even though it was briefly, she was in Endgame for a while. So we got to like see her there too. So it's like we get we got to get to know this character a little bit more. With Jane, we haven't seen her <laughs> since Thor 2. So there's a lot of time has passed. And it feels like it like they do like a flash in the pan of like what she did, what happened, and now she's got cancer, and now she's Thor. Here we go. Moving on. And it's like, I wish we got more time with her. To like, you know, more time to see maybe if her like Whoa. trying to work on her cancer or just deal with the reality of cancer or or anything. Like we didn't get a lot. Like we kind of just moved past it really quickly. 
I get what you're saying with um, trying to like the coming to terms with the cancer or finding out or things like that. I get that part. But as for the years she was apart from Thor, I mean, she pretty much did the same thing she did with Thor, which was hide out in a basement doing sciencey stuff. <laughs> which don't get me wrong, she like her achievements uh, in the movie were were amazing, and she got to you know be a well known scientist, which is fantastic. But like even the person, uh, Kat, I don't know her character's name. Oh, uh, Darcy. Darcy is like, you can't keep hiding away in the basement. Can't keep doing that. So it's like, she's still just in the basement doing the lab work. She sleeps on the couch as she did in all the other works where she's just really focused on her work, which is fair. I mean, she was actually doing very good work and it was impressive, um, which is why issues arose with her and Thor, not because he was jealous of her work or anything but because she gave everything to that work and so there was i don't feel like there would have been much to see there but i understand like yeah finding out she had cancer and maybe following through that those parts of like almost her downfall before we saw Mm. her uprise um but from what it sounded like or the way they presented it was that she immediately had like stage four cancer and so, like, you didn't have she she I guess she didn't have time to process. It almost felt like she only accepted the terms when Thor was like, "You need to stay here, like you can't fight." And it's only then she's kind of like, "Oh shit, I am actually really sick." Like, I think it would have been interesting too if they'd done it like they did it in the comics, where uh, in the comics, um, Mighty Thor just shows up, and because uh, there is no. Um, uh, Thor becomes unworthy. Taking pictures of your cat again while we're doing. I'm the sorry, he is super cute. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! It's harder to do that when there's only you and me. <clears throat> Go on. Um, there, um, like uh, in the comics, yeah, like Thor becomes unworthy, and uh, so he can't pick up Mjolnir, and he just like goes away to like find himself essentially and become worthy again um and the next time we see thor they just like they're just like mighty thor and it's a woman with like this beautiful blonde flowing hair and everything and it's like and she's like buff and powerful and everyone was like who is this person and that that was a big mystery for a lot of the uh mighty thor run of that first arc and then you find out that it's jane and but it, it's a shock because you haven't seen Jane for a while. And then, uh, you know, and she's powerful, strong, beautiful, all this stuff. And then when she loses the hammer or she drops the hammer, you see what she looks like. And she's emaciated and uh, her hair is falling out from the chemo um, uh, treatments. And, you know, she looks completely different. You know, she looks so weak compared to her mighty Thor form. That's the uh, like. I know it would have been weird and probably would have been a lot of makeup to do, but I think it would have been interesting to see that too. Because I'm like, you still got like all your hair and stuff, and you still look relatively healthy. Like, in the face, you look definitely like gaunt and yeah. Know. All, all they but did was like, make her paler <laughs> and like give her like darker circles. Around yeah, her I'm like, like, I would have been. I would have liked to see. That's what I mean by like. I feel like there should there they could have done more with it if they had more if they had more time to utilize. Um, and maybe in that like four hour cut, they did do more, but that, and that's what I mean by like the movie moves so fast. It's hard to like see where there would have been time for 
these smaller moments, but I think they would have been necessary to like take the movie to the next level of because you know you're dealing with a per- with a cancer plot like that's a pretty powerful thing, especially for a lot of people who um, are dealing with terminal illnesses. To see that person become a superhero, it's why Jane Foster's Mighty Thor was like a really big deal in the comic books. Is that it's like oh man, even like that's a unique thing. A person who has like this terminal illness and they're a superhero and not only a superhero, like one of the most powerful superheroes at that. Like, yeah, she has the powers of the gods. Yeah. So it's, it, it would have been, I think if they had taken more time with Jane's plot on that, it would have been a lot more, um, I think hard-hitting. we should have gotten more, uh, cause it clearly she had been Thor for a bit or mighty Thor for a bit. If her and Tessa's character got, we got to see more of that interaction before Thor came. Mm-hmm. That would have been fantastic because she was like, oh, you're going to love the new guy. I was like, oh, so you she's clearly been Mighty Thor for a minute. And so if we had gotten Valerie and Jane Foster working together, that that alone, I would see a movie just for that. Yeah. And that was the thing, too. Valkyrie and, and uh, Mighty Thor had such great chemistry. I was like, man. I feel like we missed out on like a whole lot oh, of stuff that would have been great to see between Valkyrie and Mighty Thor just like together as like these kind of like powerful sisters. Um, I will be upset when arms. they release like the full version and it's not, they don't have that relationship there. I would be pissed. I'd be like, I would what? love the director's then what, what, cut. Then what yeah. would be the other, like, what did you take out then? I don't care about anything else. If I don't have Valkyrie and Jane Foster, then I, I don't want it. Yeah, release the Taika cut or the YTD cut, whatever one you want to call it. <laughs> I would watch it less begrudgingly than I did have to watch uh, the Justice League. <laughs> Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> so much slow motion. Um, yeah, I think, but overall, though, I think Natalie Portman did a pretty okay job um, uh, playing Mighty Thor. Only, and I and I don't mean to say that in as insulting way. Like she did an okay job, more just. That with what she was given and the amount of time she was given, I liked her on screen. I think she was fun. It was good to see her like have fun. You could tell she was just having a blast <laughs> being uh, the Mighty, Mighty Thor. Thor. Um, no, yeah, no, so. I completely agree with you that we well we were kind of robbed of like Mighty Thor, and it's like there could there was so much more to present to us with this character, especially because she dies in this movie, and I was like, she's gonna die! Like we just got this character. <laughs> I love the so the topic of death is throughout this whole film because there is somebody trying to kill gods and stuff like that. Um, it is so funny that they keep talking about Valhalla. And then they're like, oh, let me die warriors out. They're like, technically, you survived the battle. So you're not dying in battle. You survived, and now you're going to die after. So you're not granted into Valhalla like that. <laughs> so, like, you know, and then they told all the kids that, like, ki- the kids, you know, were kidnapped. And, like, they're scared and terrified. And they're like, what's going to happen to us? They're like, well, Thor's like, if you die, you all go to Valhalla. You die warriors out. They're like, we don't want that yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I loved how they talked about that almost throughout the whole film. Anytime somebody's like, oh, I'm worried about battle, then you will die a warrior's death, you know, and you will be granted the eternal peace among the gods. And they're like, that's not as comforting as you think it is. What's crazy is I thought, um, I think uh, my favorite version of like diving into Viking 
mythology and culture is the new God of War games because currently they're uh, about they're in Viking God uh, mythology now as opposed to Greek mythology and um there's a part where they talk about Valhalla and they talk about like yeah you know every, like and like who goes because you go to hell uh, with one L not two um and uh they discuss like yeah some people go to hell you know it's like it's either hell or Valhalla and you know when you go to hell you go to hell for tons of things you know not dying and in battle old age i'm like it, uh kratos is like you can die you could go to hell for be just growing old he's like hey listen you're never too old to fight <laughs> i'm like god damn that's cold yeah that's a little like i survived everything i should get a like <laughs> how long it got, took me to get here that's bs i should get something listen you just gotta punch somebody on the bus and then just like and hope they kill you or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like an old age <laughs> to get into Valhalla real quick. It's like, kill me! Do it! <laughs> I was like, I could go to certain streets in Chicago, but I don't know if those streets are, like, genderfied yet, and then, like, I can't go there. Be, like, walking over there and be like, oh. Oh, they put in a Whole Foods. Okay, I'm not... It's not the same here anymore. <laughs> um, speaking of Greek mythology, we get Zeus, god of lightning. Yeah, played by Russell Crowe. Yeah, uh, which... Again, I recognize and did not recognize. I had to ask you and be like, that is Russell Crowe, right? That man. He has anyway. a great job. <laughs> I think he's, Oh, no, no. He's fantastic. I think he's very funny, but then also like kind of menacing too, um, slightly as, as Zeus. Um, they go to Olympia. Olympia? Yeah, omnipotent, the, omnipotent oh, City okay. or something like that. I yeah, think Omnipotent what they call City it. is what they call it. Um. To ask the help from, you know, all the gods, you know, to stop this guy. And Zeus, of course, has always been the main one. Although Zeus, you know, when you learn about Greek mythology when you're younger, Zeus is like the big bad god. And then you get older and you learn that, nope, he's just a pervert. He's a pervert god. I mean, he's still powerful. Like, he's still definitely, like, can kill you. But it's just... You know, most of his so adventures could, are focused around him, like having sex with various animals and/or people as animals. You know what? That like I'm with that whole thing. Oh, they could kill you. Like, so could a lot of stuff. I'm just saying, like the gods are powerful. Own... It's just they couldn't be bothered. Like, why bother killing like humans? It's a waste of time for me. Like, I'm one good. I'm close to death every time I fall down. Like, God help me! I stabbed myself accidentally with a knife. A couple days ago, or like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I cut because my I left it accidentally with a knife. So, well, I left it on the counter, and my counters are like waist high, and I like moved really quickly, and I just in my belly. So, like clearly, even my like household items can take me down. So, I mean, not really like I I don't see the comparison there. Like, it's the, well, like, you're like oh, Zeus mean, could kill you. I'm like, so can my kitchen knife when I don't remember yeah, to put it in the sink. Negate the fact that Zeus is powerful. That just means like you know the humans are way more fallible <laughs> of a creature than well, the gods you, are. I'm just saying you can't use death as being the thing that makes him powerful. No, no, it's not the death makes him powerful. It's what the is, fact that the man can call I, lightning down and destroy an entire planet <laughs> that makes him powerful. Um, he's also the one who is, you know, flicks Thor's robes off. Yep. All the ladies in the audience were just like, yeah. Yeah. We all got (laughs) probably some dudes too. Just (laughs) just in the audience. And I'm asexual too, but you got to appreciate that. (laughs) 
Um, I will say he's been working out, man. He's even bigger than he used to be. He's I like know. huge. Yeah, because they had him like this, so his muscles also his just like backwards, like really straining. And I do love how he got a Loki tattoo. Yeah, like I did see that in the like trailers and stuff, but like to actually see it like in the movie, I don't know. It was like oh more. I'm curious then, if Loki will show up because he's technically still alive. He's uh he's just in the TVA right now. Yeah, well um, they trapped him. He has no powers. But he does have like a temp pad or whatever, so he could probably he can go into the timeline if he wants to and go say hi to Thor real quick. So I wonder if they'll ever bring yeah, him back. That's a whole thing. Uh, there was an episode, I think it was the second episode, where people, I didn't notice it at first until somebody pointed it out. It starts raining or there's thunder and Loki actually turns back around and looks up at the sky. And somebody was like, he's looking for Thor. He's looking for his brother. And I was like, why would you make this moment so sad for me? Like the guy is just walking into a building. All of a sudden I'm like, Okay. <laughs> um but i really love is uh, when i why i bring up that uh flicking scene too was because they were there with uh valkyrie jane foster and grog Krog. korg and they were threatening they're like oh let's get rid of the disguises of your companions and they're like whoa, whoa, whoa wait 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 it's not getting and they like ripped off their disguises they're like look you don't no flicking no flicking absolutely no flicking <laughs> so he like threatened to do it to like everybody else and they're like absolutely not because they were just chilling eating grapes while all this was going on while Thor was talking to Zeus and like working everything out naked they're like I love something? that all of his concubines or whatever like just pass out like all the dudes too even the guards they're just like god dang all that sexiness well, even, on one man <laughs> even like Valkyrie and Jane Foster were, Jane was like should we do something and Valkyrie's like in a minute and no, like no. hands are like the thing no, of I grapes like... and uh, <laughs> it's like well, let's wait a second no let no, it be there's no rush but i mean we could help let it be <laughs> yeah pretty much but i do love that he like threatened to do it to them and they were immediately like wait wait wait, wait a second and they like ripped off their disguise and they're like no flick got too much do pride. not flick us <laughs> yeah do not flick us uh that whole scene in the omnipotent city was i i like so much because one they mentioned so many different gods and they also mentioned like was it the miso god is that what they called him the little dumpling so. god yeah that was I, so was like, cute was like hey bow bow <laughs> yeah and everybody in the theater everybody was like oh it like, was you really just heard cute this, like, wave it, it was, was so, it was adorable it was so cute i loved it it was like oh and it's just like a little dumpling with like, anime eyes. They knew what they were doing. Like, yeah, little oh, anime absolutely. eyes <laughs> Absolutely. I would, that's the god I would worship. I don't know if he's like the god of miso soup or something, but I like miso soup. Not all the time. <laughs> I like the broth more than anything. I think it's um, also interesting that there were eternal, um, not eternals, but uh, celestials there, which I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Celestials are also here in Omnipotent City. Um, it seemed like it was almost, not even, it wasn't just, Greek gods, I think they had a couple Egyptian gods, too, that I saw. So that was just, like, the city of the gods, which is uh, really interesting that they just brought all of it together in one place. Mm -hmm. Because they do make a distinction. This is Thor is a Viking god, and they often say that. He's a Viking warrior. He's a Viking space warrior. They're constantly saying that. So I like how they openly admit how many different, like, gods there are, religions, and all that stuff, and, like, 
the belief system of all that. They're like, nobody's wrong. We're all kind of here. Usually. But we're all, none of us are also paying attention. (laughs) So, like, it doesn't matter what God you believe in. Nobody's paying attention. They were planning an orgy when Thor stopped by. So, like, they were planning an orgy. So, they were planning, like, an orgy. They're like, where are we going to hold this? So, like, that was um, a weird kind of, like, nice. That is where Krog got, like, blown up, too. Yeah, I thought Korg was going to die there for a second. I was like, God dang, like, y'all going to kill Korg like this? And then he's like, nah, it's fine. I'm like, oh, well, whatever. (laughs) Oh, my God. When Korg explained how uh, his people are made, that was the cutest shit ever. Him, uh, his two dads go to a lava pit, hold hands over a lava pit for... Like, I think that he said, like, a month or something like that? Yeah, and then then the little Korg is made, uh, or a little, little Krogan is made. Uh, that's his race to Krogan. The little Korg made. I love that. And then he found somebody at the end named Dwayne. Yep. Which, Which I love, I'm like, like, of course, let me guess, it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson, because he's a rock man. <laughs> is that the joke? I honestly didn't put that together till right now. <laughs> I was just like swept up in the cuteness of it. I I mean, I don't know if that is the joke, but I'm assuming that's the joke. <laughs> I think that's the joke. That is probably the joke. It makes so much sense. So <laughs> I but. I do I will say we talked about um when we did our Doctor Strange review, we talked about how America was uh she had the pride pin. And how it was like, um, for some LGBT uh, reviewers, they were like, they were like, it. They were upset that there wasn't a lot of representation with America, um, as far as like her actually being known that it being known that she was queer. Um, and we were like, there wasn't really time, and I, I still stand by that. This movie, however, there was time for them to have show Tessa Thompson have. A girlfriend or something like all we get is she kisses one of the one of the Zeus's concubines like hand and then there's possible like her flirting with Jane a little bit but that's it that was like of all the movies this was the one where you could have her like I don't know just have a bunch of girls even if you didn't want to give her a girlfriend just have a bunch of girls that she's like banging or whatever and she's just like all right sorry girls gotta go i gotta go save the day and then just she just leave or something you know you could do more and be more playful with it in this movie because this one's a a comedy so it could be fun i do agree with that and then they kind of gave the excuse because korg was like oh you just you know don't get attached to anybody sleep with countless people numb yourself with alcohol because you lost your whole sisterhood in a battle and you watched them die and now you can't can't lose anybody else so she's like yeah something like that and i was like i like it i like how they made that but yeah no you're right this time they could have had something she could have had like a a harem herself that's why i think it would because i don't think she should have had a girlfriend i don't think she's that type of character but i I think she is the type of character to be kind of like a a female thor in the sense that thor slept with a lot of women i'm sure before jane oh yeah they'd be cool no they pointed that out yeah because he has like a wolf woman yeah on a lady yeah on a wolf (laughs) so i'm like i feel like It'd be cool if Valkyrie was just like, yeah, I got like a bunch of girls around here <laughs> that yeah. I slept with. Like, it's, Valkyrie you know, would have been perfect to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I it, love that character in general, but she's you're fun. right, they should have given her more. And I, I'm glad she stays fun throughout the entire movie. Like, there's, uh, I'm like, man, you, like, because realistically, Sif is, like, Thor's, like, girl best friend, but Sif is always considered to be very serious, um, which, A, I feel like they underutilize Sif so much. I mean, she's in this movie, but she don't do anything. She's just there. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then she's just in the um no lady sif is just she's just a warrior no i meant in the movie she's king no you're talking about valkyrie oh no i'm talking oh, about, lady talking about sif. no oh like, yeah, yeah she loses an arm in this she film. loses an arm and that's it and then she's like out the movie for the rest of the film so <laughs> um until the very end so i was like so but if they're not going to use sif like i'm like valkyrie makes for a cool best friend for Thor, and so I like their dynamic, but it's just I wish they would do more with Valkyrie now that she's like an established character. Because in Thor Ragnarok, they were establishing her character, so it's like okay, we we need to like get to know this person, and she's brand new. Now that she is in the MCU, it's like y'all should use her more. Like she oh, yeah. she's in the she's in the game now. And she's so well loved and liked, and like she her character is like relate relatable. She she's a warrior. She was you know trained to be a warrior, and then she got thrown into King, which is all this politics and like a tourist town she's dealing with, and you know she's having to sit there and listen to everything, and you can see how it's like draining her and. How much more life she becomes when she's able to be on the battlefield again mm-hmm. and do these missions. And I think, yeah, they, they did not use her character enough. They should have used her more or presented more of her. Um, but Sif, Sif is the one who is is the one who got injured in battle. And Thor, and she's like, let me die and let me go to Valhalla. And Thor's like, mm, you're not going to go to Valhalla. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, you you survived the battle. You didn't die in battle. You're dying from the injuries in battle, but it's like the battle's done. Yeah, and it's, it's going to take like, a while. So <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a minute because you just lost your arm, but you're not bleeding out. And she's like, oh, then get me out of here. <laughs> uh, I do like that she was wearing her comic accurate costume for once with the crown and everything. I was like, that's cool. Oh, um, that was a cool outfit. I was going to ask. Yeah. I meant to ask you that. It's a great outfit. I usually keep from, uh, all I think comic from, questions to like the end of the movie. Yeah, um, it's it's it is from like the that particular run of uh, Thor at that time, um, and it looked great. So I love it. Um, uh, just like get, getting through all the Asgardians real quick. Uh, what did you think about Thor this time around for Thor four? <laughs> Thor four. Uh he got kind of annoying at times i won't lie because he was like very whiny but i enjoyed him it it was almost like they were taking him back to the beginning but then he was trying to discover him or figure out who he really was and oftentimes when you try to figure out who you are you you regress you go back to the person you knew the strongest and that's who he was he was like a himbo who threw his weapon around without any idea of like property damage. Um, And here he gives up being basically a God. He accepts his fate as like a Viking space warrior. Mm -hmm. So Thor 
drops being a god. And I think that's another thing we see in this movie is clearly he's, even though they're trying to kill him for it and he's like, oh, I'm still the god of thunder. He doesn't wear the title like he used to because he's not taking charge. He's not being at the forefront. He's just like, I'm just fighting and that's it. So I think it's very interesting to see this as if you think about it as Thor not being a god at all. It's almost like he's trying to work up to his status as actual god again. And this is his almost, this is kind of his redemption where he's like saving children's lives, doing what he can, not allowing his emotional, his emotions and, you know, the shock of Jane Foster dying or having cancer or anything like that affect him because he has to focus on the mission. He has to do what is good, you know, for the greater good style. So I think we kind of, if you, this is a, definitely a middle-aged crisis movie. He's mm-hmm. going through some shit. But I, I think, think this is a movie that allows him to almost reclaim his stance as a god. I think it's that he he's like, and this is what I mean by like, I think there's some more stuff that was left on that cutting room floor that would have been neat to see. Because I think they're trying to, the implications that he doesn't want to be a god anymore, like to your point, but that he also, the reason he doesn't want to be a god is because he feels like he's probably destined to do something more than that. And in this case, it's be a dad because we get that implication where uh, him and Jane, when we're doing that montage of them together, he sees a baby and that's like he's it is to imply that he's thinking like, maybe I could have kids with Jane. Like, I would love to, you know, for her to be my wife, but also maybe a mother of the mother of my child. And then also the way he is with with the kids when he like projects into their cage to talk with them, like he's being like total dad mode. So and then and then at the end of this movie, he is a dad, technically, because <laughs> um, he's taking What's care of name? Gore's daughter. Which Attorney. I don't know. Like I I I think she is supposed to be Singularity because she doesn't get a name, and and we see her with like the Eternity kind of like silhouette in the reflection pool when we when we go see Eternity. So I I think she is supposed to be Singularity, but they haven't confirmed that. So. I'm just going to call her. Oh, her name is Love. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. It's like it says it's called Love in the movie. So I'm like, is she supposed to be Singularity and they've like changed her name or is she not Singularity at all and they're making up a new character? I don't know. Um, I love how really quick though, at at the end when they're like, oh, this is a story about Thor. Uh, Love and Thunder. You know, the gods of love and thunder. And everybody, everybody in the theater was like, Oh well, because the door, the title was confusing. A lot of people were like, "What does that mean?" Well, and uh, and they assumed it meant that Jane, uh, with Jane coming back, the character coming back, that they were like, "Oh, because he's in love with Jane, and that's yeah. his love." And then Thunder, because he's the god of thunder. That makes sense. But it's like, no, actually, it's about this child and Thor going on adventures together. I'm like, cool. Excuse me. So, um, but, it, but it was still funny. Just like every single person in theater, you just heard a collective. Oh. <laughs> it's that. I didn't know there was a confusion. So I was confused to why everybody was suddenly like realization. And I'm just sitting there being like, hey, this is cute. Um, but uh, I, I thought Thor was okay in this movie. I think it's, I think at this point, Chris Hemsworth can do this role in his sleep. Like he is Thor. Like he just he just captures the character so well. 
Um, and I, uh, I think it's fun, like the way he plays Thor and that Thor really is like, like, even though he's, he's more or less dumb, (laughs) he's very much like a dumb jock. He still has like a heart of gold, you know, like he wants to do the right thing. He wants to be, um, take care of people and he cares about people. And it's not like a thing where it's like, yes, because I'm the hero. I must care about these people. It's like, no, Thor genuinely cares about his people and the people around him and his friends. And he's like, no, I love you guys. Like, you're my you're my friends. Like, you're the woman I love. You're my like best friend. Like, I love these people. And it's it is cool because it's like it's interesting. It's why Thor has such a unique identity, because, you know, Iron Man is the like cynical narcissistic scientist captain america is the extremely hopeful um you know uh super soldier like uh soldier thor is just the humble like caring dumb guy with like all the strength <laughs> like to, all the strength to be like a terrible person and he uses all of it for honestly just like straight up good <laughs> yeah well like it's when the original avengers where they're talking about Loki and he's like, watch your mouth. That is still my brother. And they're like, he's killed this many people. He's like, well, I mean, he is adopted, but like, that's still my brother. So it's like, he, no matter what his brother does, there's a clear bond and caring. He does. And it shows that throughout the films, how you, no matter what his brother does, there's an immense love there. And I think you're able to see that with him, that he's able to love him despite everything he's done. How many times Loki has tried to kill him. And that cute story from Thor Ragnarok where he's like, oh, there was a little green snake and I picked it up because I love snakes. And then it was like Loki turned into himself and was like, ah, and then stabbed me with a knife. (laughs) He's like, it was very rude of him. And it's like he forgave him so quickly, though. And so he still always sees the good in people because I think of his relationship with Loki because he always knew, like, no matter what his brother did, it was his brother, adopted or not. And he was trying to see that with, um, I'm sorry, what was the villain's name? Oh, Gore. Gore. He was trying to see that with Gore. He understood what it was like to have somebody taken from you and to feel like nobody could understand your pain and could, and to him as well, the gods were enlisting because Odin had passed, his mother had passed. And Loki was, you know, the almost like the last god of his type style or his family. Mm-hmm. And so he understood what it was like for the gods not to hear you. And almost like silence to be in case in silence. And so that's why he was so willing to speak to Gore and be like, look, if you want to destroy all the gods, fine. Yeah, at this point, go for it. I've lost everything. With Jane Foster dying, I can't do it anymore. And Gore saw that, you know, pain and was like, I get what you're saying now because I gave up everything who I am because my daughter died, too. Mm -hmm. And when he gave him that idea of like, you can just ask for your daughter back. If you recall, you can just have her back. Why did Gore have to die? Was that he was just the necrosword of just like. Uh, taken all of his life force at that point, so he was just gonna die anyway. Um, okay, um, I was wondering that because I was like, he was still technically alive when he got the it? but I get yeah, because the Muir was doing that to Jane Foster too. I think it's interesting. Um, 
the Thor thing. Also, just a real quick, just to backtrack to Thor, I thought about uh, like because we're uh, for those who don't know, uh, we are playing D and D currently, uh, and a D and D game will be coming out soon uh, on YouTube and also maybe on our Twitch channel as well. We will keep you posted on that. So follow us on Instagram at First Ones to Die, as well as our other social medias to find out when that happens. Um, but uh, just to relate it, like as far as because when I think the Trinity of the MCU, I always think it's Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. And so it's like, Iron Man is clearly like chaotic good, Captain America's lawful good, and then I like to think Thor is in the middle at neutral good. He's just a good dude, just neutrally. <laughs> He's just a neutral guy. He just tries to be, yeah, he, well, he does destruction so he doesn't care what happens. He's just, I think um, it's chaotic good. The neutral good. Well, chaotic, chaotic good, good is like chaotic good is where like you will you'll do good, but even if it means you have to hurt other people to do it, like it is a, like good is is very like, you know, hey, it's the like it was for the greater good. I don't like I'm I don't care. You know, like how Tony built Ultron, and even after Ultron went rogue, he was yeah, still like he destroyed yeah, but I like this whole for, like, glass temple. That's like yeah. chaotic good, no. I like think he destroyed a whole yeah, temple but the, the, the like, temple was an accident versus like Ultron was intentional. He meant to no, make he meant to make a robot overlord. He just didn't expect it to go evil versus like yeah, he made that without thinking of the oversight versus Thor was like trying to, he was genuinely trying to save the temple. And then <laughs> but it's just he just didn't it was take still, into account the fact of how strong he is, and then the whole thing shattered. I I still think he's more chaotic <laughs> good than anything. He'll just be like, "I'm gonna go do this," and it's like, "Thor, don't do it." I already did it. <laughs> so I feel like that's where it falls, where he's like chaotic good. Um, um, but um, but I think it's interesting they them dealing with the weapons in this in this movie, especially because like <laughs> I love the. I love the relationship between uh, Thor and his hammers. Where Storm, every time he's trying to get back with Bilnir, Stormbreaker's just like, "Hey, what's going on in here?" Well, oh, oh, oh! So, this, so since your ex showed up, now, now I'm just what chop liver? Oh, you just forgot about me, huh? The, you forgot how and this, all those adventures we went on together. It was me that saved the day in Endgame. Remember that? <laughs> when he tries to call it back in the town meeting, and then Storm, uh, Stormbreaker. Yeah, Stormbreaker. <laughs> Storm Stormbreaker, sorry, came like to his side. He's like, "Hey, yeah, I was calling you. Who else would I be calling? It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it." Like pours a um, beer on it. He's like, "Here, your first beer." Yeah, <laughs> Stormbreaker. You should have bonded with that. Stormbreaker um, did a lot for him, and then he gave him that whole cool rainbow bridge, and he's still being rude about it. Mm-hmm. I but, like how they had a moment with Stormbreaker. Like, when he gave me his first, he was like, look, I know things have been rough between us. And, like, I know seeing my ex-hammer is a lot. But, like, we're together now. And it's going to be a little weird. But, like, you're with me. And you're my weapon. <laughs> and my Stormbreaker. And it's okay. And the way he talks to it, it's just like, this is such a sweet moment. But even with the Necro Sword, like, it was really cool to see, like how it corrupted gore and like turned him like evil. And then like with the effect with the yellow eyes and stuff, I was like, man, this is really cool. And uh, also the design. I love this. Just a, it's a stand. It's a normal looking sword. That's all black, but I feel like there's so much like in its simplicity. I feel like there's so much legend behind that sword, which I'm, I'm a huge like uh fan of like, it, especially in D and D when you like name your weapon, I'm like, that's 
like it's cool like it's it's and i uh it's one of my favorite parts of game of thrones when they're like what is the sword called it's like yeah because that matters like a sword like yes the warrior is legendary but a warrior is just as legendary as the weapon they use to become that legend so it's cool yeah but you have to like name it in battle because i i was watch i watched i was watching the hobbit i watched all the hobbits and lord of the rings and when bilbo has his sword they're like it doesn't have a name like you just have a sword it's like a letter opener for you or what the elves use so like you have to get a name in battle it doesn't have anything he's like oh well fine and then he goes and tries to kill the orcs with his little letter opener <laughs> oh my god i love the hobbit it's i like it better than lord of the rings i know a lot of people don't like lord of the ring like lord of the rings more than the hobbit but i i'm still all the hobbit uh, I think yeah. it's because I'm. Already I like Lord of the Rings more than The Hobbit, but it's mainly just because Lord of the Rings feels like it has to be three movies. The Hobbit doesn't, um, but that's a different argument for a different day. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, I um, but uh, speaking of gore, um, he's probably the last one we're going to hit on because everybody else is just auxiliary. But um, gore, I I love gore in this movie. Um, I get why they had to change his character because in the comics he looks. He has like he's like an alien, and he has like like uh, no nose. He's kind of like a weird like uh, Voldemort kind of Voldemort character. And they said that's the reason they did not do his design in the movie is because they didn't want Voldemort comparisons. Because <laughs> he's that's a dark true. lord that's hooded with no, with nose. no nose. You know what I mean? It's like the 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 comparisons are too that. too easy to make. So they were like, no, nah, we're just gonna leave him the same for the movie. Um, which was a smart decision, but I think regardless, Gore was still great as a villain, and uh, I honestly wish I wish they hadn't killed him because he's not dead in the comics currently. He's still around, um, I think. Uh, I don't read a lot of Thor, so as far as I know, he's still around. Uh, still around, but I'm like, Marvel keeps doing this. They'll make great villains and then they'll kill them, and I'm like, no, leave these people alive so we can have great moments with them down the road. <laughs> Well, we got an uh, even more exciting villain coming up, uh, Hercules, because it looked originally like Zeus was murdered when they took his lightning bolt and Thor, or was it Valkyrie? Yeah, Thor took it, or Valkyrie took it, but Thor's the one who threw it and killed Zeus. Yeah, so, and then you get a mid-credit scene where it is, his Zeus is calling his son Hercules. And for some reason, originally, originally I heard Achilles. <laughs> And, like, my brain heard Achilles, but then I'm like, oh, no, he said Hercules. Why did I hear Achilles? Uh, so we're going to get Achilles. We're going to get Achilles. We're going to get Hercules, which. Which is cool, because I'm like, Hercules is an interesting character in the comics. And I think Thor and him have fought a couple times, um, at least when Hercules first got introduced. Now Hercules has been, like, an Avenger. He's helped out in, like, different space adventures. Him and Thor have teamed up from time to time, like. So Hercules is an interesting character and I'm curious what they're going to do with him. Cause I don't think he's going to be the villain of the next movie. He, I, I think he'll be an, an antagonist and then maybe team up with him after like team up with Thor um, during the movie. Cause he is, he is a, uh, he's going to set to kill Thor. Yeah. And, but he is like a, a hero in the Marvel comics. Um, Hercules is a hero amongst the, Pantheon. Isn't it considered like for gods to kill each other a bad thing? 
Like, I feel I mean, like that's a, like that's a thing to kill a god's a bad thing, and then like to have gods kill each other. That's like a whole nother separate like court issue. Um, at least from like old stories I've read that have like other gods in them, they're like you can't kill another god. That's like basically their version of like illegal. You can kill anything else. That's fine. But like you I can't mean, kill another depends god. Depends on the continuity. Because... And also, I think in this movie they kind of make it where gods are more or less just beings in space, but they're not like real gods. Like it's it's weird with the Marvel universe. And like I knew it was gonna get weird when they did the Eternals movie, and then they were like, yeah, so there are like gods, kind of, but really the real gods are the Celestials because they made everything. And I'm like. Okay, so then, like, every other god beneath is, like, beneath them, then, basically, is well, what you're saying. That's why, like, demigods, that's why. But then, why was Zeus ahead of everything when there was celestial gods there, too? I think they just wanted a reason to bring in Zeus and Hercules. Yeah, But don't well, get me wrong. Yeah, because they want to do Hercules, yeah. I, I love how Russell Crowe played this character. It was great. He did a great job. He played it perfectly. He, You're right, he did the menacing part just right where it was still a threat. It was a good threat, even though he's, like, talking about orgies. And then when he gets close to Thor, he's like, look, this guy is a threat. I will admit this, but we can't do anything. If he has a sword, he can kill us. You're just going to... You're going to create pa- you and your weirdness. <laughs> it's like, we can't create panic because what's going to happen when a bunch of gods are panicking, which is a good... I get his point of view. He still should have helped. He should have still, like, given him, like, some people to fight an army. But I get it. I mean, you've seen mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Think about mob mentality with gods. That's probably, like, a hundred times worse. So I can see where they had his character come with that. And that's where that menacing part was, like, look. this. It kind of gives, like, a hinting of, like, Look, this shit has happened in the past with God mob mentality. This is why I'm not doing anything about it now. This is why, like, you want to go fight, you go fight. Um, yeah, I think I, 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 I just, I just think it's sad that Gore is gone now. But I'm glad at least that his arc had a really interesting arc. That it's not that at the end he was like, because you know he was about to, he, he virtually won, because he could have still made his wish and been like, all right, all gods, I want all gods dead. But instead, it's like Thor does convince him to do a different path. And I think that's really interesting that that's the way Gore is beaten in this movie, as opposed to just, we punched him really hard with the hammers and then, like, he died. Um, it's interesting that he he did get to that um, that kind of resolution. Um, also, it's cool to see Eternity. I never thought we'd ever see Eternity in a Marvel movie. And he looks exactly the way he does in the comics. Um, even sometimes if you look closely, you could see Eternity's face in the, um, where the head of Eternity would be. And I was like, that's really interesting and cool. Um, the way they did it. Again, this movie, the way they use like color and negative space and, and design is just impeccable. It's really good. I will say, cause I was having a conversation about this with somebody about how, and I understand why, like, when they create gods or things of that nature or monsters or stuff, there's still a lot of human to animal features. And it's simply because we as humans cannot fathom something we do not understand to create something else. 
like a, a new god and its its appearance, we'd have to still create something, almost a human effect to understand it properly. Mm-hmm. But when I saw like the foot of this god because it was uh, sitting cross-legged, I was like, why though? Like, did you really need the feet? And then like, all I could, th- I, my brain went back to everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. And I thought about the bagel where she explains it like, look, I wanted to put everything in one place. So I made the everything bagel. And I was like, <laughs> that weirdly feels like it makes more sense than like a random celestial god with the human features. But if they're the ones, you know, creating everything, of course, they would create the humans closer in their image. But I, I always think it's weird when they have gods like that with no actual embodiment have the outline of a body. And I even asked you, because like I said, um, at the end of movies or stuff like that, if we go to see a comic book movie, I'm like, all right, was this an actual thing or did they make it up? Because um, you're the resident comic book nerd. <laughs> so you I usually go to you and be like, hey, I got a question about like comics. Yeah, it's weird that they did uh, Eternity, um, but I, I didn't hate it. I was like, cool eternity's here <laughs> like um and uh yeah i i just i just thought it was weird that they like killed off gore but maybe we'll get more with um now that since the daughter comes back and now she's being raised by thor maybe we might get some flashbacks with her and, and gore as her dad um in future i think they say they want to do one more movie to like finish out taika waititi's like trilogy of thor movies um, which i hopefully he keeps the color pattern yeah because... i would love to see another thor movie made like this like as far as the color and um pre- presentation i take a he's, he's just a good director and a g- good actor uh i was recommending to kaylee and i don't know if you watched it but it's um what we do in the shadows the tv show i've seen the movie i haven't seen the tv yeah. show you don't need to watch the movie to see the TV show, but like it's it's still a good movie to see. Um, the show is coming back on July 14th for the fourth season. I'm so excited because the way they ended it on the third season, one character screwed over a lot of other characters. And like you leave that episode so pissed like you asshole, <laughs> you ruined so many things. Um. So I'm excited for season four. And then, of course, he was Blackbeard in Our Flag Means Death. And the more I look at his, because I didn't know who he was too much. I was aware of him, but I didn't know too much about his work until, like, Our Flag Means Death. And I started looking over stuff. And I'm like, oh, I've seen this movie. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I've seen this movie. I really enjoyed it. Oh, okay. And, like, it ended up being, like, I've seen a ton of his work. I've seen a ton of his acting. And I'm like... Oh, I always really enjoyed this guy. And I just was like, hey, I know that act is one of those. I, I knew that actor, but never properly looked him up. Mm-hmm. So I love that you can also tell his directing style and the way the films are made. Because no matter what, they always have this like hint of real life comedy. Because like what Thor was going through with his midlife crisis, trying to find his thing, is like something everybody can connect with. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter even if he's a Viking space warrior, you can still connect with him on so many like points of like, what am I supposed to do? Do I want a family? I don't. But like people think that. Mm-hmm. 
So it's the real life connections in a humorous way that he presents them is so good. He does it so well. It's really good. And I uh, can't wait for Thor 5, whatever it will be called. Because technically, none of these Thor movies have had numbers. They've all just had subtitles. So it's been Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder. Don't know what Thor 5 will be, but um, it'll be cool to see for sure. And then... um, Curious who like the main villain will be. Also, I'm curious if we'll ever get Beta Ray Bill in one of these. Beta Ray Bill is a character in um, the comics who is like an alien um, who is also worthy of the hammer of Thor and also often dresses like Thor. And uh, they become like really good friends. They become like best friends. Um, and on top of that, Stormbreaker, the hammer, that's his hammer in the comics. <coughs> Is uh, is Stormbreaker, and uh, because Thor, the Mjolnir's never been destroyed so can, in the comics, so Thor's always had Mjolnir, and uh, Beta Ray Bill was gifted Stormbreaker by Odin because he was like, "Man, you're worthy too, and you're a badass. Here, have your own hammer." <laughs> so, two comments, because um, we're getting close to our time. One, Mjolnir is does he only know one pattern of outfits? Can he only style people in like one outfit? <laughs> It's more like it's like, iconic. You know, you can't if, beat it. If, so it's, it yeah, always looks but good. but if I like get the hammer myself, I wouldn't want any traces of gold on me. So I like the gray silver they have, but I'm not a fan of capes. I think capes are too much. If I ever got the mirror, I, I would, liked like, the capes, especially the when cape. they had the scene in the black and white and the cape, all three of their capes are flowing in the wind, like Valkyrie and the two Thors. I was like, man, that looks cool. <laughs> then with the capes, more capes in the MCU. Like there are other characters I, that have them and they, they've done I, like none of them. <laughs> like cloak styles. Like I'm going to wear a cloak, but I'm not a cape fan. I won't wear a cape. I think it's like too much. And it's just constantly behind me and stuff. Um, second comment at the beginning of this film, you get a surprise Matt Damon. I didn't want to leave that out. That's a carryover from Ragnarok, too, because he's in Ragnarok also as the same uh, character. Yeah. So I was like, that's cool that they brought that back. Also, friggin' Melissa McCarthy shows up. (laughs) She does. I was... I was just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) She just popped... Well, she literally popped out of nowhere. She was like, I have Thor. Loki, I am your sister. It was, it was so cheap, too. I was like, y'all couldn't put any more money out to, to make this story not look, look I lo- this cheap. Because they create the scene where um, they're all meeting and Odin dies and she breaks the hammer and the hammer goes on a string, but kind of slows and gets stuck. So she has to kind of reach out a little further. That whole thing was just great. And I do love that they brought it from Ragnarok and they updated it. And when this, like, when Gore comes and, you know, causes all this trouble, Matt Damon and I don't know whose partner was in that, the other actor. Uh, it's, um, uh, it's the other, it's the third Hemsworth brother, not Luke. Um, I forget his, his name right now. Um, dang it. And he's in Westworld. Uh, um, but it's him. It's his. It's uh, Chris's brother. It is. Yeah. Um. Dang it! I gotta look it up now because it's gonna that bother is, me. That really? Is, that's that, his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh. uh. Anyway, 
they while everything's no, it going is Luke. on. I'm sorry, because I'm thinking of Liam. No, it is Luke. Luke Hemsworth. Yeah, I was. Yeah, if you said you said it isn't Luke, and I'm like, that is not Liam Hemsworth. Unless, yeah, that's you know, my he's bad. Done a Russell Crowe style. That was Luke Hemsworth, uh, and then uh, the person who played Odin is Sam Neill, who I'm like. He's batting a thousand. He's in Jurassic World four. And now he's in like Jurassic World three, and now he's in this movie. And uh, and Melissa McCarthy. I was like, all right. <laughs> just everything was just great about that, and I bring that up because when everything happened, they were like, "Look, um, we know it's tragic, but somebody should start working on like the play, you know, the recordings, you know, stuff like the that." To kind of tell, tell a story, <laughs> because people are going to need, you know, some cheeriness. And she just Val- Valkyrie just walks away, and they're like. I didn't hear no, though. Right? You didn't hear no? No. We should go do this. <laughs> and that's what I just love about that. Because it also reminds me, because, like, back then, like, during, like, Greek and Roman times and stuff like that, those playwrights and, like, bards and all that stuff, they were actually record keepers. They're the ones who, like, went to these things, wrote down notes, sang, wrote plays and stuff like that. It's, like, technically they are doing what they're supposed to do. They're recording and presenting the moments that occur that are big. But at the same time, the cheesiness of it is just so good. And I love how they have people fake crying when Odin dies. And the glitter scene. He's like, oh, I'm turning into turning into gold dust. And he goes, <laughs> and then you see Odin like literally crawl across the stage. And it was just so freaking good. Like everything about it was just I it was great. They just, definitely one-upped it from uh, Thor Ragnarok scene. It was even better than that version of it. <laughs> he even put like eye drops in his eyes, Matt Damon's character. Mm-hmm. But he's still playing Loki. But yeah, I mean, honestly, just go to the movie to see that part. If you don't yeah. like Thor, that um, part's just great. If you need an excuse... You're like, I don't want to see it, but I want to see it. People are weird <laughs> I nowadays. See it, but you people know what? Are... Screw it. I'll go. <laughs> people are weird. You know how people can be. So it's like, if you, you know, you want to see it, but you need an excuse to see it for some weird reason, go to see it for the cheesy play that's in the first 20 minutes of it. Uh, so what's your, what's your grade for this movie and, and final thoughts, like final wrap up? Uh, I give this movie a B. Uh, just because it was presented well, I did enjoy it. I didn't have any major issues with it. Um, Taika Waititi is one of my favorites. I like how much of a himbo Thor was, and he stuck with it. He didn't try to present himself as something greater. He was like, "Look, I'm going through some stuff. I'm going to do my best, but like, I'm going through stuff." And that whole, all those scenes in the omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotent city, omnipotent city, omnipotent city was just gold it was just great i loved every bit of it and i do wish we got more of jane foster's character and more valkyrie's character interacting especially because there was moments where they were like best friends or close friends that jane was able to confide in her about having cancer and all that stuff i wish we got more of that um and hopefully in the director's cut we'll be able to see it they did do more if not then I don't know why they bothered with the director's cut. So I think it's a B. It's solid. Again, warning for anybody who suffers from migraine or photosensitivity. Um, this is the god of thunder, but he does deal with a lot of lightning. So 
um, keep that in mind. But definitely B, and I recommend it. Uh, I would, I give this movie a B minus. Um, uh, I loved a lot of the acting in this. I thought it was, uh, you know, if it wasn't great, it was at least good. Um, the comedy, like a lot of it, sticks for me. It's very funny. Um, I liked a lot of the uh, color grading of this movie and the shifts in color and uh, just the use of the effects. It was really awesome. Um, Gore was fantastic. Uh, I I wish we had more of him, but the little bit we did get was great. I I thought Christian Bale committed 100% to playing that character and did a great job. Um, But you know, again, I think those pacing issues is what, like, for me, um, just keeps it from being an A status for me. Um, and also, like you said, like, a lot of the supporting characters just didn't really get enough time to really breathe like they did in Ragnarok. And I don't know if that was just because that was left on the cutting room floor or maybe just originally, like, in the original script, they just didn't have or didn't make time to do that. I just would have loved to see more moments with a lot more of that supporting cast, especially since uh, Jane's character especially gets uh, a lot of really powerful stuff uh, to do with her character. And it's a shame that, like, you know, thinking of deaths, that is a shame. It's a shame that she's dead, too, although the end credit scene kind of leaves it open. So, uh, you know, like with her going to Valhalla, it's like it leaves it open that maybe, you know, she could come back. If they if they really wanted to do it, um, they could do something where she could come back. She is currently a Valkyrie in the comics, so it'd be really cool if they brought her back as a Valkyrie, um, or if they brought her back as just Mighty Thor in general. I mean, the hammer now still exists. Uh, Milnir just is just fixed now, so who's to say? Yeah, but now Stormbreakers would love. Yeah, so I don't know what the plans are for the next Thor movie, but I'm excited to see what they are. But overall, this movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I got to see it. And uh, it is like, it's not like high up there as far as one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time, but it's definitely um, one of the good ones. I definitely enjoy it a lot. Um, So that's our thoughts on (laughs) Thor Love and Thunder. Tell us what you thought if you have seen it. Um, Comment below on the YouTube video, or just, you know, message us, TM us on, in, on our social media, like Instagram and stuff. Uh, tell us what you thought about the movie. And if you haven't seen it, you know, tell us what you're excited to see. First of all, you've probably, you've watched this whole spoiler review if you've gotten to this point. So, I mean, that's on you, but <laughs> tell us what you're excited to see anyway. Like what parts are you excited to to go into go in this new Thor movie? Um, but, before we go, socials. Alex, where can people find you if they want to, uh, you know, comment, talk about stuff, talk about your cats or cat? Cat. <laughs> the other cat's dead. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> uh, apparently, it makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can find me at Alex and nobody on Instagram and on TikTok. Uh, you can also see most of what I do on TikTok of the first ones to die, where I show little clips of podcast past and future. And also some of the editing I do or late night editing when I get really bored or hear me make commentary about Star Trek, because I also <laughs> have just been binge watching that again. I love it. Star Trek's always my favorite. Um, 
And you can find us on all social media at The First Ones to Die, such as Twitter, Instagram, again, TikTok as well. And you can always DM us there or send us an email at die at gmail.com. Where can we find you, Jerome? You can find me at not Jerome Rett on Instagram as well as at RoboZooMedia and at Jerome underscore the underscore show for other creative things that I am working on. Um, also, if you want to get exclusive extra content that you can't get on the audio streams, uh, you know, streaming sites or our uh, social medias, check out the first ones to die at YouTube. And you can see all types of things like gaming videos, blogs, book reviews, mini reviews, uh, and of course, video versions of the podcast. And we've got video versions for every episode. So go on over there. Some of them are even in person. Like last week when we had uh, Monica Moreno from Cafe with Strangers as our guest. First of all, if you haven't seen uh, or listened to Cafe with Strangers, check that out. Um, it's a great podcast. Uh, but secondly, she was a delight to have. We miss her already. Can't wait to have her back. Um, Alex, you're going to say something. Uh, I was just uh, going to mention that the podcast is interviewing people of Latin background and living in the Pacific Northwest, which is, it, yeah, it's nice. It's a great way to connect uh, like myself and being Mexican and knowing what it's like. So it's it's comforting to hear and knowing the share experience of everybody um, being a first generation as well. And they are really fun. And they have ADHD too, which is a lot like me. So if you're wondering what they're like, a little bit like me. Although they need to interrupt more. That's all I can say. Yeah. Although, and I apologize. Even. I did. Uh, I, I don't think I used their proper pronouns. It's they, them. So if you do message them, it's they, them. That's on me. Sorry about that. Um, but that's all we have for you. Tune in next week when also we will have the return of our other co-host Jonathan which I forgot to mention that at the top of this podcast but Jonathan is currently on uh, an hiatus but come next week next Monday he will be right here on the First Inside podcast so over all the Jonathan fans who's been missing him this whole month Jonathan's coming back so be excited for that uh, and we're going to talk about something we don't know quite yet but it's going to be something And the only way to find out what that something is, is to tune in next week. So we will see you next week. Also, Cheddar's leg. (laughs) Also, Cheddar. (laughs) Cheddar's leg right there. But anyway, have a good week, good day, good night, whatever time you're listening to this. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye.